Jai Guru, everyone. Jai Guru. Jai Guru. Hello and welcome to the Awake Minute by Minute podcast. We're on minute 48. Today we are joined with Anya. How are you, Anya? Hello, it's fantastic to see you all and to talk about this wonderful film and Yogananda, the, one of the greatest people of all times. <laughs> this is the enthusiasm we desperately need. Anya, tell us a bit about yourself. Where are you from? Um, where did you meet Guru? Yeah, so I'm originally from Russia. And right now, obviously, the situation is a bit difficult in the world with Russia, which seems to actually correspond to the minute that we're discussing today, where extreme challenges are there. And it's about what we do as people to get over it. But I've been living in the UK for the last 19 years. And interestingly, I met um, Guruji while I was here in the UK. And I remember I was searching for something deeper, searching for the meaning and just not really able to find it anywhere in my immediate you know, group of um, friends and acquaintances and what I was studying. And um, interestingly, it was that thanks to my father who was collecting and trying to get any information that he could about yoga. And this is in the Soviet Union where everything was completely banned, religion was banned, any, anything strange or different, of course, was, was banned. So there was a, one of the papers that was just passed around between people and people used to type it up at home on a typewriter and pass it to their friends behind the back. Um, and there was a mention about Kriya Yoga in it. And it wasn't by anybody that I've heard of before in terms of uh, the author of this, but Kriya Yoga was mentioned. And at that point I was researching all the different types of yoga and what was happening. And none of it was making sense. So it didn't make sense why there's this yoga, and that yoga, and they just weren't coming together into any meaningful system for me. It was just very bitty and disjointed. And when I saw that word Kriya Yoga, and it, there was a small description of the powers that it gives people, I thought, oh, okay, well, I haven't heard of this Kriya Yoga, what is it? So I looked it up and of course, the first thing that comes up when you do a search on the internet is autobiography of a yogi. So I thought, oh, okay, well, that looks interesting. Autobiography of a yogi, that sounds like a cool name. Maybe I'll, maybe I'll read that book and there's a whole chapter on Kriya Yoga in it. Wow, okay, well, let's, let's get into that. And of course, there was a chapter on Kriya Yoga in the, in the book and it felt like all the questions that I ever had in my head and I didn't even know I had were answered in that book and even things that I hadn't thought of but obviously were still there inside uh, so I got the answers for and it, that's how it happened. Amazing and um, did you take Korea soon after how long did you wait to take lessons in Korea? Yes it was quite soon and um, interestingly, Master talks about cycles of 12 years. So I completed my two cycles of 12 years at the age of 24. And then um, I was given the permission to take Kriya Yoga. So I got my first Kriya Yoga lessons and I started them just as I turned 25. So that was great. <laughs> Amazing. Yeah, worked out for the timings. <laughs> and which language did you read the autobiography in? In, in, English. in English, yes, in English, because I thought it was originally written in English, so it makes sense to read. Did you did you try the Russian? Have you seen the Russian? There must be a Russian translation, right? Yes, there <laughs> is, there is. Uh, I won't lie, I haven't read it. I've read other publications. Hmm. I wanted to just know like how, because it's so it must be so difficult translating Guruji's. Mm. writing so it would have been interesting to hear your take 
Um, but tell us about the Awake film. What did you think, um, excluding this minute, what did you think generally of the film? Yeah, so I remember when I first saw the film and I was mind blown. There was so much in it. There was so much about Yogananda himself and some of the things which I didn't know from just reading his books and reading um, information on the SRF website. You know, for example, these challenges that we'll talk about today uh, that came up, I wasn't aware of them. I was just aware that he had a, there were difficulties that he went through, but I, before the film, I certainly wasn't aware of the extent of those difficulties that, uh, that he had to go through and how relatable it is to us. So the film was an eye-opener in a lot of ways. Nice, nice. Chris? We have people on the podcast, guests like yourself, they come on and they're from all over the world, uh, you know, Brazil and India and North America and so on. Um, maybe you could tell us a little bit about what, if you know uh, what life in Russia is like now for SRF and um, for yoga. Yeah, so there aren't, there are groups. So there's definitely a meditation circle, SRF meditation circle in Moscow, so in the capital. It's not very big, I don't think, but I believe that everybody who's in it is very much devoted and interested and willing to serve a lot. They've been doing a lot of um, work on translating SRF lessons. So of course, the lessons that I mailed to everybody for home study, uh, they so far have only have not been available in Russian so there's been a, a great deal of work happen with that and um, there are always projects going on in terms of translating the the other publications as well to really try and give people the opportunity to access that information generally speaking people in Russia don't 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 speak English very very easily and certainly not in the big cities you know that would be a, a challenge so having the the lessons having the books available in Russian is certainly going to be a really big step because I, I believe that people are quite ready for it and they they have the concept of you know the soul and spirituality is very much in the culture and the nature of the people there so I'm quite excited to see that this movement and SRF will certainly become more and more known over there. Through uh, Guruji's good grace, it will happen. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, shall we, Chris, have you got any more, Chris, or should we move to the minute? No, no, it's, it's great to hear that. And uh, I think, you know, for any listeners, they're not aware really the date actually of which we're recording this on, but uh, it's, uh, you know, just beginning of March. And uh, certainly at this time, there's been messages with SRF to, you know, pray for, for those in Ukraine and so on. So I'm sure the uh, people through the SRF in, in Moscow and various places are, are doing their bit as Guruji teaches to pray for others, pray for the humanity and for the world. So yeah. it's great to hear that they're so, somewhat established uh, and growing. Yeah. Yes. So this minute, um, as Anya says, is uh, really about the difficulties. Again, we have, I'll just summarize, we have Stephanie Simon and she says, um, something interesting which I want to discuss. Um, on the one hand, we have open-minded Americans that revere him, but un his, un his unorthodox ways, um, you know, raise the ire of conservatives. Um, and then when he went to Deep South, you know, things really hit hit uh, hit a high, high fever pitch. And then there's all these headlines about, you know, all the scandal that happened with Swami Dhirananda. Um, Swami is ordered to leave Miami and all that kind of stuff. Um, and then there's um, Varun Soni, who says um, Yogananda's relationship with, with the community has now changed. He's no longer, you know, being invited to 
you know, have the key to the city, but he's, you know, now have to really defend himself a lot in his position. And then the narrator, Anubam Kher, says that, and Yogananda says that he was suffering the severest trial of his life at that time, and that the newspapers had lied and done lots of uh, unsavory, uh, immoral media publications um, and reporting, which are quite damaging. But um, to put, let's frame this minute. So in minute 46, uh, two, two episodes ago, we discussed the incident and the aftermath uh, in some detail. I, you know, the, the whole incident with Swami Dhirananda um, and, you know, the, the big fight that was happening at Mother Centre. Um, and this one just talks about it in slightly more detail in terms of um, how the local community Act, uh, reacted to him but again we discussed this in minute 46 so uh, firstly I just wanted to talk about um, the fact that was there a need for the film to further re-emphasize this dark patch because they also they already did a good job of it two minutes ago I'd say um, they could have filled in those little gaps about how the community reacted in that minute but in my in my mind you know the the, the classical storytelling of arc of um, you know everything's hunky-dory and then there's a bit of a travesty there's a bit of adversity and you have to overcome those things and Guruji obviously did did do that and then everything's overcome at the end and that's the story so they kind of like they brought in some adversity and then brought it in again and then so they really try to pull the audience and make sure in my mind make sure that their attention is retained um what do you think uh, mike i'm glad they did it because it kind of adds the for the viewer it is easier now to see how guruji really lived and i feel like srf they they chose um, on purpose, not to make the film themselves, but to have the film made by th a third party, uh, by independent um, filmmakers, because it is essentially a documentary. And documentaries, I feel like their purpose is to actually show all the details and not just leave anything out. Um, like we said earlier, that Guruji, because he is um, very humble, left a lot of his struggles out of the autobiography of a yogi, um, like his struggles that he had financially, that he, he, he never mentioned the conflicts that he had with devotees. And he just um, uh, mentioned all the, <clears throat> all the things that, that he found meaningful in his life. And in a documentary, it's different. And I, and I feel like as a viewer, um, if you only knew the autobiography before, of course, like Anya said earlier, you have those moments where you go like, oh my God, the, the, he went through some real struggles. But I feel like also the, the viewer deserves to know that. Chris? They, they were similar to my thoughts, really. I think it's viewer specific, isn't it? This is for a wider audience, not only for the SRF devotees. Um, and uh, yeah, there, there are a lot of things that aren't in the autobiography of a yogi and in the teachings of Guruji or even in, you know, discussed in the in the centers. And um, I think in some ways it's healthy uh, for to know um, some of the struggles that Guruji had. And, um, you know, I, I was reading one of the chapters in the Bhagavad Gita with uh, Yogananda's uh, commentary on, on that. I think it was um, 12, uh, 12, 17 and uh, 12, 16, maybe. Um, and it was saying really how there's delusion and, and illusion in the world uh, and you're going to be trialed and tested um, and, and it's going to be really, really strong, right? So you have to be really sure, fast and stead, you know, uh, on, on your, on your stead, steadfast on, on your path. Um, and it's kind of reassuring to know that even as accomplished as Guruji is, you know, clearly, uh, um, he had his fair share of troubles and he, and he really did feel them as, as we feel them. You know, he processed them in some way that we process them. Um, and that's, for me, I take some inspiration to say, hey, you know, no matter how high you might travel uh, in your spiritual path, uh, there will be challenges. Uh, and I think that is a general misconception not to go into too much of spirituality. Oh, it's all, you know, you know, uh, roses and singing and, and things like this, but it's kind of life on fast forward and you're going to get these obstacles that you need to move around. Um, and Guruji was well placed to do it and he did it with grace as well, 
which is something that's really really nice to see so yeah, yeah. there's lessons there's lessons for us to pick up on through his whole life even when things aren't going plain sailing isn't it mike yeah like i wanted to add to what chris said that um he even in the face of adversity he never backed down he um like you could have thought that oh my god there's so many bad things happening let's just course or something but he would always confront all the adversities head on and uh, eventually uh, solve them yeah um so lisa at the start of the minute um says that you know guruji um his unorthodox views didn't sit well with the, the conservative population amongst mm -hmm. or amongst parts of the community um so I wanted to find out, you know, uh, just do a bit of research on on what kind of views they might have taken issue to. Annie, do you want to read out something that I found there and we'll discuss that kind of thing? Yes, I believe it's about um, the Kundalini force, the serpent force that has been mentioned in a couple of the newspaper article clippings that they give in the film. So what we have here about um, about this is that the coiled creative life force at the base of the astral spine or kundalini has always been symbolized as a serpent and when this creative force is asleep in delusion it flows down and outwards and feeds all the senses uncontrolled its stinging venom causes insatiable lusts but when the pure kundalini force is awakened by the yogi it rises to the brain and is transformed into the bliss of spirit and this uplifting current serpentine current is vasuki the supreme force for human liberation so of course it didn't help that the kundalini was referred to as the serpent energy and um, this obviously for most people would have elicited the images of satan in the garden of eden yeah and the controversial thing in my mind when i found this firstly obviously lust is there in the christianity and in the, in the genesis story in the garden of even eden but in here it's kind of saying that we can use that serpent satan basically in a christian traditional christians uh, reading of this text we can use that satan force <laughs> and actually use it for our own spiritual unfoldment as in mm -hmm. raise the raise our energies and mm -hmm. i think that in my mind is what really would have um you know some conservative christians that are not so open-minded with interpretations of of their scripture wouldn't have uh, liked that um mike yeah and uh, we must um see where the, the, the word serpent comes from, like from the Old Testament, right? And that was probably a time when um, technology wasn't very highly evolved and Moses wasn't able to talk about energy and stuff to his people. Now he just said, you have to imagine it like a snake. Or like... <laughs> so they understand what it means. And then now, and then Christianity 2000 years later, or, or even more in the, in the case of Moses, um, we're still using those same words um, and then they kind of um, have like you said attributed to different meanings like mostly to the to satan right um, and the whole idea that you as a being can ascend and can mer be merged one with god is not there in christianity so i feel like that's that's kind of the disconnect mm -hmm. chris uh, I've heard that uh, whenever you know higher celestial um, beings want to come onto the planes of the earth, they might use the uh, bodies of snakes, uh, which is kind of uh, interesting to think of because they're so connected with the with uh, the earth itself. Um, they can feel tremors, you know, from you know movements of the earth uh, from from you know many miles out and things like this, um, and so uh, you know snakes are maybe quite magical uh, you know creatures and i suppose we think of them as crawling you know crawling on their bellies like i think the bible talks about that isn't it um how they uh, effectively it was sort of um uh, punished for its sins right and and it's maybe its ability to be able to 
maybe walk on the earth was taken away so it had to crawl you know because it deserved to crawl um uh, and these kind of things so uh yeah I, I think the more you educate yourself on these matters and see different perspectives you see how kind of insane some of these connotations are um with, with the snake um so yeah 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 Anya. yes i also had a thought um where I would imagine it would have been very unusual for people in the 20s to be told anything about the the creative force or the sex force or the control of the sex force. And of course, Master did talk about those things in his lectures in the sense of the Kundalini, of the of where the people's energy was flowing, whether it was into the senses and creating lust, therefore, or whether it was reversing that and using that very strong power to create self-realization. I would, I would imagine that nobody, and especially back then, would have expected to hear anything about the sex force in um, a religious or a science of religion context of these lectures that they went to. Yeah, yeah. And the culture at the time was a bit of a strange one, actually, in terms of discrimination, especially in the South. Uh, for example, there was a book titled Mother India that was um, written by a historian called Catherine Meyer and become a bestseller in 1927. And it was condemned by Tagore, Gandhi and basically any educated or, you know, well-known Indian because it gave a very poor portrayal like a dishonest distorted portrayal of um of like india and uh, the people mm. as like untrustworthy and immoral mm. and um her representation of, of india as a land of filth and disease and sexual perversion so these are the kind of like battles that some people had to tackle in terms of their views of that part of the world and obviously guruji is openly about that kind of thing so these are kind of um and chris what were you going to say we, we talked about it in um uh, previous minutes uh, in recent ones as well uh that guruji was really he had a congregation of uh, women a, a lot of women would have uh, shown up um for you know whatever reasons um at the time it was quite popular for a woman to show up and he was talking to women about this uh so imagine you, you know uh, in the previous minutes, we talked about it where, you know, uh, Brian Mystic uh, has a woman, you know, throwing herself at, at his feet, you know, doing a pranayama and things like this. Uh, to, to those who were, you know, ignorant of some of, this, some of these truths, it would have been so shocking to have, you know, a, a foreigner that you've never seen before. You've never seen somebody with the color of his skin um, coming to your lands and it would have been seen as their land because they'd recently maybe fought for that land. And it would have been very, you know, uh, you know very divided. Um, talking to, you know, what they would have seen as their woman uh, about sex uh, and sexual energy, you know, using this sexual energy. Um, it would have been so absurd, I think. Um, and I, I talked about it last minute. I actually have sympathy for, for the ignorance of people at that time because it would have been super challenging. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, and this was all before women's rights and things like that. Um, so yeah, a, a big, a big shift and very yeah. bold for him to, to do that. Yeah, and that would have contributed that. So the the kind of negative culture amongst some people's minds, and that would have contributed to some of the fallout. Uh, Mike, you wanted to talk about um, the Green Book. Yeah. So the the segregation in the South is um, something that is hard to imagine um, if you haven't been there. And I found one of the movies that came out recently, I mean, four years ago, it's the Green Book that, that addresses this really well. It's like Mahershi Ali is in there and Viggo Mortensen. And Mahershi Ali is a star piano player um, in New York. And he's from the South and the South is still segregated in New York. He's this big star. And now he wants to do a tour of the South to basically, um, um, be um, also have them uh, be known. He was already known there, but he he wanted to basically play in his homeland where he where he was born, um, despite all the difficulties. And so he took Viggo Mortensen with him, who plays an Italian American uh, driver who is like 
helping him to weather the, the, the problems in there. And the scene that I picked out is where they are in a, in a noble establishment and um, he's gonna play Mahershi Ali's the, the star piano player there. He's gonna play tonight. And before he plays, he wants to have dinner in the dinner hall and they're telling him he can't. So I'll play it. Let's see it. I understand, but what's going on? This gentleman says that I'm not permitted to dine here. No, you don't understand. He's playing tonight. He's the main event. I'm sorry, but it is the policy of the restaurants. Everything all right? Uh, no, it's not all right. This guy's saying Dr. Shirley can't eat here. Oh, well, I apologize, but these are long-standing traditions, club rules. I'm sure you understand. No, I do not understand. I'm sorry. Wait a minute. Are you telling me the bozos in his band and all these people that came here to see him play, they can eat here? But to start a show, the, the parking spot of honor, he can't? I'm afraid not. Well, he's got to eat. I mean, he's got to have dinner. Okay, I'll tell you what. Why don't we bring something to his dressing room, huh? John, show him a menu. No. I'm not eating in that storage room. Okay, uh, well, if you prefer, there's a very popular establishment right down the road, the Orange Bird. They'd be happy to feed you. Doc. Just one second. Well, maybe the other place is better anyway. I mean, the dinner rolls here are like rocks. Let's just go over and go over and come back. It's a last show. It's the bottom of the ninth. Let's just get it over with and we can go home, get away from these breaks. Huh? Ah, there you go. The fish is wonderful tonight. Either I eat in this room, or I'm not performing tonight. May I have a word with you? <laughs> really good example. These are the kind of challenges, yeah, I'm sure that Guruji would have faced. Yeah, do you, and you see all this kind of, um, you know, how they are courteous, how they try to be so civilized covering up the super inhumane thing that they're doing, right? Never mentioning it, right? Just always trying to be so gentle, acting like they're this high society and really they're savages. <laughs> Anya? Yes, I remember watching this film recently and this, I vividly remember this scene and how shocking it seemed, particularly now that we don't really have such um, obvious let's put it like that, problems in the world, or at least in America and in Europe. And um, the, the way that it relates, of course, to Master's experience in life is, is quite remarkable because as, as uh, we've mentioned before, Master didn't really write very much about all the discrimination that was against him at the time. You know, he always focused on the good. He always focused on the, the power, taking, on taking the responsibility, taking the action and creating the life that we want and that we deserve and that we can create. Um, but he never really discussed all these racial prejudices that he had to, to fight and go through, of course, until we saw it in the film. So... Um, and I why do why do you think Anya that he didn't, especially in uh, like for example the autobiography of a Yogi, even like a courtesy mentioned perhaps? Yeah, so I think part of it is because um, while he did want people to know that he also went through the challenges and the struggles, but I, I believe that he always chose to show us our own power. And um, he wanted to show us that we can get through difficulties, that we can achieve what we wanted, that we can use the, the power that uh, God has given to each one of us to create a new world, to create a new reality. And in order for him perhaps to convey that, 
it meant that he was concentrating on the place of power where he was creating and changing the world rather than just talking about the challenges which would have been potentially just a bit of moaning (laughs) yeah because I suppose everyone kind of accepts that racism was a thing back then right yeah and how relevant is it to Korea Um, yeah I don't know um I certainly hasn't um, diminished the book, the lack of uh, um, yeah, mention oh, of all, all this stuff. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, no, not at all. Chris? Yeah, my, my only comment really on this is um, it's an awesome comparison, comparison um, but conventional wisdom uh, somewhat you know, lets people down uh, over the years uh, where, where there's, you know, crowd thinking that's... Uh, yeah, uh, a, a wash with ignorance. Um, so yeah, it, it, it's it's something that's um, uh, shocking how long it took to to unravel, um, but also inspiring that um, we we did unravel it to to a very good extent. Mm-hmm. Um, but it took you know real leaders in the field um, to really break that through. Uh, and you can probably name a few, a few of them, but Martin Luther King comes to mind, you know, and how much of a beacon of light was he, you know, and, and his message was so graceful, loving, um, trying to get uh, rights, you know, equal rights and things like that for, for people. And that is some time after Gurdjieff was, you know, mm. walking, you know, doing his problems and troubles, you know, having all those things. So, yeah. 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 Mike? Yeah. So one thing I thought when I, when I saw the movie scene was that maybe Guruji had maybe exactly the same thing happened to him. Like he was the star of a show and then he he couldn't even dine there in the same place, right? This is not super unrealistic, right? That this could have happened. And mm-hmm. he probably never mentioned it to anybody mm-hmm. because the, my second point is that he didn't really care that much about his ego in this, those kind of situations probably, right? like his focus was on the organization that he built and he didn't want those things let even a little bit diminish his work that he came to do right so he didn't want um any 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 kind of um uh problems escalate to an extent that they would interfere with his work that was always number one for him mm-hmm. yeah Anya? i thought um that Essentially, he's almost answered this question in the the letter that comes up at the, the end of the minute where he says, um, I know that if I stick with the truth and fight a good fight, victory will and must come. Very good, Anna. You paused, you paused it, didn't you? And then you zoomed in. <laughs> you, you, you're going to be a podcast regular now. I think we're going to have to have you. You're the only one that's done this, Anya. This is great stuff. <laughs> but, brilliant. But the yeah. answers are there. He yeah, tells the answers, as he always it's does true. tell us the answers. It's true. Truth. <laughs> I was gonna I was gonna discuss that, but uh, yeah, we might as well discuss that now. So fighting the good fight. Um so I remember, I remember when I was um, when I was young, um, I, I used to take this to heart, and you know, really go to town. If there's a moral base, the right moral basis for something that I'm doing, I just like make sure that I do it, even if it's like self-defeating in the scenario that I'm in. Like if it makes more enemies than friends, but I'd still do it because it's the right thing to do. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, but no, it's 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 so well put in this letter. I don't know who this letter is to, but um, perhaps the Lewis's. Um, but uh, mm-hmm. yeah, it's, it's it's got a very the letter that 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 Annie talks about has got loads of notes and scribbles all over. It's half half typewritten, and um, and he talks talks about you know the, the the chaos that the papers are papers are doing. You know the love cult and all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Chris, Chris, reading. Reading this letter and uh, yeah, zooming in and seeing all the details there, uh, and going through this documentary bit by bit, and um, you mentioned at the beginning of this uh, recording, Priyank, you know, you wonder did they go into too much detail? Almost, you know, have they have they dwelled on some of the things? And um, I, I would say not, um, because it's actually really uh, instructive to look at Guruji's life and the, the genuine troubles that he had and as close as he would have come to the failure 
And it mm -hmm. says, you know, in this letter here, um, that uh, he's having, a, a, uh, we are having a, a little tough time of it here because of adverse conditions financially and um, all the diabolical acts of those who would ruin me. And he, I mean, those are strong words, you know, and he doesn't mince his, you know, mix his words. He clearly was facing troubles that were existential threats, you know, to the organization. And it made me think like, how close was this, you know, to, to A, not be happening, but, but more important to my mind is how perfect timing is it that Guruji, you know, came and just kind of made it through the veil of success and failure and established something like the SRF and had the teachings of Kriya Yoga, you know, brought to the uh, earth where it came, came from, you know, his gurus uh, through, you know, time that uh, have been disseminated to each line of his gurus. Um, and it made me think, you know, how many times in, in, in uh, you know, the course of history have other teachers like Guruji come and tried to bring something like this and failed? And, you know, the, the, the local population haven't allowed them to establish teachings like this because of the darkness of ignorance and Maya that existed at the time. So he's kind of just punching through that veil at, um, you know, an opportune time. And we, you know, I talk about a lot about the, the yugas and, and things like that. It's, it's really, it's really obviously been a tough uh, uh, time to do it even, even now. And I wonder 10 years before, 50 years before, would it have been possible? Who knows? Mike? Yeah, did you read that, that handwritten note after that one paragraph where he says, it is all about SD, that's probably Swami Dharananda, right? Mm -hmm. And then he says, poor soul, he has to, I don't know, append more more than I dreamed, and then says blackmailers. So I he still, even in this scene, he has like com compassion with Swami Dharananda, right? That he because he was uh, obviously Yogananda and his work were talked about in the press, but he was like the main target at this point, right? As well, right? Yeah. Let's talk about that. So fighting the good fight. So I mentioned that author that um you know, that uh, published this book called Mother India that was just, you know, very, very poor in terms of its um, outlook on India and racism and things like that. So, you know, Yogananda actually bought, when he was defending his position, he didn't just fight the good fight for his own organization. He actually bought in these other elements. So, for example, this is what he wrote in the, the Daily Mail, the, the, the Miami daily news he wrote <clears throat> i teach the formation of character and highest moral teachings in self-discipline both to married and unmarried people and in return i get the name of a leader of a love cult and this in spite of the fact that there is not the slightest foundation for it and then and then he talks about the um, you know the basis of of self-realization fellowship or what he's trying to achieve in terms of you know spirituality and then he then he really defends india and you know the the history of india and the, and the you know really discredits the book that um so he's he's not just my point was he's not just <clears throat> focused on his own little battle he's focused on this far greater battle which is like how racism is impacting the whole community and that um and at that, 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 that time, which I thought was quite um, impressive. Um, and interesting, yeah, Chris. I, I suppose I was going to jump in to say, I agree with you. You know, <laughs> I, I think, you know, fighting a good fight is, uh, it's, uh, we can't underestimate how difficult it is to be objective. And we have various uh, layers of um, perception of ignorance that, you know, we, we see the world through and that clouds our, our ability to see things objectively and then, for, for truth and, and Guruji, um, as powerful as he was, he, he faced that, you know, as strongly as anybody might face it. Um, so yeah, the objective truth is one thing and then everything else is, you know, deviations from it. And um, yeah, he faced that with, uh, with full force. Yeah. And let's, let's see how he managed, <clears throat> how he managed the corporate image kind of management for, for SRF. So I found a little, uh, quite interesting article there. So Swami Dhirananda, he, he said, I, ha I now have a secretary sit outside the door when I talk to anyone in my room and the door is never closed. And then Phil Goldberg says such changes were no doubt made in collaboration with or at the behest of Yogananda. 
And in segments of correspondence quoted in newspapers, he warned Dirananda to avoid even the appearance of impropriety with women. And I, I just find that, uh, you know, that, that, that is executive level um, management, isn't it? PR um, in, in terms of managing, managing the image, managing the situation, stopping it from escalating and getting getting worse in any way that's that you 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 pay PR consultants a lot of money nowadays for that kind of stuff and Guruji is kind of orchestrating it just as as a yogi mm -hmm. yeah uh, Mike yeah and um this, this sounds a bit weird maybe now but this might also be a cultural difference between um India maybe also other parts of the world like Europe for example and America where in America appearance is counts as much more than in any other place I would say and so having an, a, a consultant that that always makes sure you say the right thing you do the right thing I feel like this is um part of the American uh, culture of like the movie stars and all those kind of things like that their appearance very carefully crafted more so than in other cultures I think Chris this all shows me how pragmatic Guruji was. Yeah, and he had this level of, you know, spiritualism uh, that uh, is exemplary, but he also kind of walked the walk. You know, you talk about uh, fighting the good fight. You know, he was extremely pragmatic and, and savvy. You know, he, that's, a, that's a good move uh, and a necessary one in the, in, the, uh, in the battle, let's say, that he was kind of facing at the time to, to navigate these waters, to to do what um, was necessary. Uh, it's an unfortunate reality, of course, that you know people aren't a little bit more trusting or truthful or whatever it might be. Um, but uh, you know, Yogananda is definitely, you know, is is head, you know, if you want to use an analogy, in the clouds, but his feet in the ground. You know, he's he's able to do walk both in in, in be in both worlds, uh, which is is really cool and inspiring to to see again. To live in this world, but be not of it is that is that that's, quick that's the yeah. mm. um anya any reflections on pr i'm sure you have to manage a lot of that in your profession yes well i think i i mean i i never really thought about these points that you've just raised that he also had all the all the pr and all the the image of srf to restore but we can we can certainly see that he did a lot of of that and I presume that those years that we're talking about are exactly the beginning of it. And um, I would say that all the changes that he's implemented for how sort of SRF and its monastics and leaders look to, to others, it's, it's so spotless and it's been so based on the spiritual principles that now, 100 years on, it still stands. And for me personally, that was one of the big attractions of SRF was that there was never any ambiguity. And it was always very clear that it was about uh, what, of what it was about. You know, there was, it was very clear to me that there was no room for any kind of, um, well, what those people were worried for the the love cult or the love abuse or abuse of um, you know trusting um, emotional women I guess who come to to an organization for for spiritual development and SRF is certainly one of the is certainly an organization where that's been completely clear-cut very obvious and there's never been any doubt with that we've all heard of various different organizations spiritual organizations with with leaders which unfortunately over the years then transpired that there was abuse happening and uh, a lot of you know abuse of power to um i guess in the in the sexual ways but srf has certain, certainly managed to establish their own um, you know the way that they come across and it's always very clear and very and that makes it safe it makes it safe for people for people to approach it as well I guess 
that time that Guruji had to go through himself was actually very necessary for the organization because that's what led to all this clarity for the next hundred and the next hundred years and the next hundred years. It would have been a lot more difficult, I guess, for the organization of this magnitude to go through a scandal after master's time. So after he left the body, it would have been much more difficult. But he really laid those foundation foundations right from the beginning. So actually, in a way, even though it might sound a bit strange, but in a way, I'm quite, I'm glad that it happened then and that they dealt with it then but and, and set out the foundations for the, um, the time to come. That is fantastic and um, brilliant um, insight there because I always wondered why I always got annoyed. Self-realization fellowship is so risk averse. It doesn't really to do risky things in terms of like um, media, um, in terms of um, yeah, lots of things. We were very, very restricted. And I always thought that as a weakness, but now that I'm hearing your insight and these scandals and keeping the teachings pure and, you know, even at the cost of sometimes like um, not being able to grow as much as other organizations grow because they're keeping everything like you know there's no there's not much room for like things to leak out that way and that way and things the, the ship has been like anchored by Guruji through all these experiences and perhaps yeah. he even even orchestrated them in a way that this is now how we want this organization to run so yeah. Daniel that is uh, some pretty brilliant analysis <laughs> we need to have you on again I think Anna. well uh, at least uh, you get a little bit the female perspective of a person who joins a spiritual organization <laughs> indeed um, Chris yeah I, I, I agree with Priyank it's uh, very apt and we know that uh, even fairly recently the SRF are still kind of tying up some issues that they've had for many many years you know, so so even you know during Yogananda's times, there's been uh, issues that have kind of been kicked, the can has been kicked on the road, you know, people have pursued uh, issues with them, um, and they're kind of settling, they're coming to some settlement, um, you know, 80 years on or so on. Um, but I like uh, Guruji's attitude towards this, yeah, and uh, I think you're quite quite right, uh, Anya, in how you, how you depict it, and you could almost give an example here in this letter that you can see uh, where he, in the last paragraph he talks about Miami being a lovely city and as far as the city itself and the weather is concerned one cannot ask for better uh, and I only wish that you and those near and dear to you were here to enjoy it with me so he's already kind of you know you know he's on that positive tilt even when dealing with such issues and having such problems he's still mm -hmm. saying you know there's positivity in, in lovely weather and, and, and friendship and, and kindness and, and being with other people. So that, that, I mean, that is, that's a good example of, I think, how you approach things that, yes, this is, this is like a boil that you must, you know, you know, deal with and, and, and life continues. Mike. Yeah. And um, I also wanted to, to say that this is a really good point on that he, um, dealt with it himself he had those problems himself right imagine those kind of problems of love uh, like the allegations of the love cult would have come after master's time and people yeah. would have said yeah master was great and then it went downhill afterward mm. right yeah. so, so he put down the foundation of um how this um how the kind of um publicizing in in the organization has to work and that um they he basically had this super strong integrity that he could use as leverage and i feel like he took us uh, some weight of uh the successors like that yeah that's so true and also the legal battles because obviously there was this media craziness that went on and there was a, this pr exercise or repair work that guru had to do but the legal battle certainly did prepare self-realization fellowship for what was to come right with this whole you know, Ananda massive legal battle. And I'm sure they've had lots of others that we don't know about. Yeah. But from the outset and through Guruji's 
So they've got, they would have actually been able to draw inspiration through how Guruji himself dealt with the colossal legal battles that they had when they didn't have much money. You know, this was at, this was at a time, I don't think, when, um, when James Lynn was around. So this, he would have had to really struggle financially to meet these legal, legal costs because they didn't have that influx of money that um, James Lynn had. Um, um, I think uh, that's a good uh, analysis of the, of the uh, of the adversities that he went through, and um, really good insight, fascinating insight. Anya, thank you for for sharing that, and uh, Mike and Chris as well, your reflections. Um, the other image in this minute, there's three or four other images, and one moving image. One of them is of Guruji like purposefully walking towards the camera. Nice, uh, nice video in, in like a garden. Uh, heaven only knows what they were, what they used that for. But I, I think it's a good, uh, it's apt because this is also, it is not a, something that brought self-realization fellowship to its knees or anything like that, because um, th this just around this time he went to see President Coolidge. <laughs> so this is just something that was happening kind of in the background or in one small part of the media in, in, in one small state. Um, so this wasn't, you know, all encompassing, you know, there wasn't, there weren't students, I doubt there were lesson students in Boston that were like, oh no, should we now, what are we going to do? We're rudderless. I mean, there's none, none of that. I'm sure, I'm sure there was none of that. This is just Guruji managed this. Uh, so that, that, that video of him, I think is a good uh, representation of keep calm, everyone. You know, Guruji is at, the helm. Um, and then there's two images of him kind of looking looking in the distance and I suppose they portray like the severest trials so no doubt they would have been challenges for Guruji even though he's more than capable of meeting those channel challenges and he was obviously because uh, as we'll find out in a future minute he was cleared or self-realization fellowship was cleared of all um, allegations and they were you know, it was actually the media that uh, had done some terrible spin doctoring. Um, and that is pretty much the minute. Um, I think it was a very good discussion. I think uh, there's, with this with this minute, we should, we, personally, I know you guys disagree with me, but as a biased devotee, <laughs> I'd rather I'd rather read about this um, and have them compress this in one minute, and then have, for example, more time on Gandhi, <laughs> or like on um, Rabindranath Tagore. Like they didn't talk about that. You know, he went to go see Tagore in the autobiography of Yogi. Imagine if they'd replaced uh, a representation of him and Tagore with 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 this airtime. Anyway, Mike, I. I agree with you on the Tagore thing. Like, they didn't spend too much time on this. Any, I feel like, anyways. But it was just um, such a break in the rest of like the movie was all positive, 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 and then suddenly those few minutes that they talk about this, I feel like get super amplified. And they also added it to the trailer, and it's like, like you said, and it's like Varun Sony said, right? Like um, they needed. Um, a kind of drama uh, part of the movie, and so they threw this in. <laughs> yeah, but if they would have put more, talked about more of about Tagore and his schools and how they talked about it, it would have been fascinating. Maybe that could be a film of its own. <laughs> Should we start one, Mike? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> we can get your sister involved. I'm sure. <laughs> I'm sure we could make it happen. Good. We've got we've got too many things in the frying pan. <laughs> <laughs> uh, not enough space left anyway uh, chris i disagree <laughs> i'll hold the disagree uh card no i I, I would make um i suppose the, the the argument that uh this this was a real challenge this was a real threat uh to you know guruji said it was you know a real um testing time for him um, and, it, and we don't hear about it as devotees really uh, in many places for good reasons, um, but it's reality. You know, this this is a good slap in the face of what it would have been like back, you know, 100 years ago, not that long ago. Um, and, you know, as I said, the the, the thin veil between success and, and failure um, 
it, it's yeah it's ambiguous and um uh, as uh, maybe as Guruji said uh, you know he's fighting a good fight and it's inevitable that he's going to win uh because you know that's that's the the, the idea between light and darkness but um I think it's good to have it in there. I think it's good for people to know that this isn't just a, you know, uh, all roses and 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 we, you know, there was a good struggle to establish something that's so great. Mm -hmm. uh, so it's a good it's a good dose of reality. Anya, what are your final reflections? And at the start of this um, <clears throat> podcast, you mentioned um, this theme is apt for the current scenario in the world in terms of the war that's happening and the, the um, you know, the, um, yeah, all your reflections. Yeah, so as a quick reflection on um, how much time and space this theme was given in the film, I think, I also think it's probably quite good because the film wasn't intended to be a representation of just the book. It was intended to be a bit different, something else, something that wasn't purely from, from SRF. And it did allow us to get a little glimpse into the difficulties that Master actually had, that sometimes we just hear that, oh yes, he had difficulties, but we don't always appreciate the extent of those difficulties. And so I found that it was very beneficial for my development to know that oh, this, it was that bad for him. You know, sometimes when we go through a bad patch in our life, we think uh, that our situation is dire, is terrible, and nobody else has gone through that. But when you see this in the film, it really makes you feel not so much alone. You know that Master also had that and the extent of that, and you really get a, an appreciation of how difficult it was, and yet he was still able to get through it, which is exactly what he wants us to do. So in that sense, I'm quite happy with what they've done in the film. I think it's good. And um, as a reflection on what's happening now, so of course, with the war happening, one nation attacking another nation, after being friends and after being so closely tied for so, such a long time, it's, of course, it's sad to see that that's happening. And it really ties with what Master went through, with everybody was against him. There was betrayal, there was difficulty, there was a financial crisis for him. Um, and there was the press creating creating the, the wars, really. That's what is mentioned in the film by, by Master himself. He says, look at what uh, the yellow press has created, essentially. And a lot of that is what, is what we see in the world now as well, where we know that every conflict has been um, set on fire a lot by the media just representing their, their own interests. And it just really helps to reflect that, yes, while there is all this going on with the media, with the war creation, and yet we can still rise above it, we can still fight the good fight on the side of spirit rather than matter, which pulls us down. Yeah, Brother Chidananda gave a lovely <clears throat> vlog about, um, about the power of prayer. Um, and we should we'll we'll close with a prayer, but uh, but yeah, the importance of prayer cannot be under underestimated um, because uh, you know through our you know for example, you, Gandhi said, "Be the be the change you wish to see in the world," and you have to be that you have to be that light as well. I mean, you know, you, you can't underestimate the influence that you we can have not just through our you know, through how we behave, but actually our prayer and our affirmations. So let us end with a, uh, a prayer for peace, shall we? Um, <clears throat> just a moment, silence.
Heavenly Father, Mother, Friend, Beloved God, Lord Jesus Christ, Bhagavan Krishna, Mahavatar Babaji, Lahiri Mahasaya, Swami Sri Yukteswar, and our beloved Guru, Paramahansa Yogananda, saints and sages of all religions, we humbly bow to you all. Heavenly Father, in our hearts, we can all learn to be free from hate and selfishness. Let us pray for harmony among the nations, that they march hand in hand through the gate of a fair new civilization. Om Shanti Shanti Amen. Jai Guru. Jai Guru. Jai Guru.